Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, super pumped to welcome Josh and Beck to the podcast today. I call this Ray White Royalty, having the two of you as, as guests. Our company, Ray White, we all work for Ray White. Correct, you work for AY? <laughs> you yep. do too? Pretty sure. We've got, what would you call them, targets or, or levels you reach in terms of GCI, so like gross commission earnings, yeah? So you're awarded a certain status, uh, which is kind of like a symbol that you can attach to all your paraphernalia, and it's like a level of success at certain points of reaching certain numbers. That's right. So elite status is, and correct me if I'm wrong, top 3% for the group internationally. Right. And the qualification to be considered an elite Ray White performer is a GCI, which is gross commission earnings of 600,000. Is that correct? And then it goes up from 600,000 to chairman's elite. Josh, what's that? 1250. So 1.25 million. Okay. And the two of you, Beck, you're actually the youngest Ray White elite performer in Queensland. Is that correct? Yeah. And Josh, you are the youngest Ray White elite performer in New South Wales. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Josh? I just turned 23. 23. 23. But you got that award like when you were- The first time it was in, well, I spent most of the year, I was 21 years old most of the year that year, but then I turned 22 and that's when they give you the elite and that's when I got it in the year of 2019 to 20. Yep. And now we've just did it again for 2021. That's phenomenal. And and Beck, you are how old? I'm 22 now. You should 20- never ask a woman how old she is, by the way. <laughs> so sorry if I offend anyone, but you're 22? I'm 22, 23 this year. 23 this year. Okay. And you were you were awarded uh, elite for the first time last year. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. It's pretty phenomenal. I mean, you kind of consider your age and, and the qualification to get into that category. That's an amazing achievement. And, and I think kind of what even makes it more exciting is, Beck, we had you over to our office today and I did a Q&A with you in front of the team because- you know, my thought process is if you've got a girl who's 22 years old, working in a male-dominated industry, dominating herself at such a young age, what the fuck is the rest of the industry doing? <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted the office to hear that. And I guess that's the point of this conversation with both of you. Um, so I want to kind of unpack where you started, what you do that makes you great, and get your view on, on a couple of points. Josh, let's start with you. Kind of tell me a bit about your background, how you got into the game, where you're at now. Come from a family where- majority of um, Arab background. So everyone's a builder who's an Arab, right? <laughs> but I'm um, pretty much grew up on a job site with my uncle and my dad and my uncle, they're really, really old school. So growing up on a job site, if you get seen for one second, not doing anything, you're going home. <laughs> you're not getting paid. What the F are you doing? Yeah. You can swear. I say fuck all the time. So like- You can, like, you just <laughs> say, say it will make you feel better. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? That's it. Cool. Well, you're yeah. standing there doing nothing. What are you doing here? What do you think we have you here? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, Prove your worth. Where's your value? Exactly right. right exactly right. right. So if you get seen where you're, you're supposed to be at a place of work and you're not working, well, in our family's eyes, it's like- they're shunning you. Yeah, like you're not part of the family. Good, good. <laughs> do you get what I mean? I, 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 I do good in your family. I yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. You can come to one of the family barbecues, work for a piece of chicken. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. Um, basically, where I'm getting at is, so I grew up on the job site, whatever. Um, yep. Then I got- How to, old were you on the job site? Oh, from when I was young, probably from when I was like 12. All right. So so you started holidays, you started the Saturdays. grind early on. Yeah. Cool. Which was all fun. Like it's it's built into you, right? And right. then um, started working at Qantas because I was studying full-time as well. Mm-hmm. What were you doing at Qantas? Uh, I was doing customer service. So I was at check-in. Uh, I actually started in the valet, then I made my way up to Qantas because in the valet, you're just a, a contractor, if that makes sense. You wear a Qantas uniform, but you're not hired by Qantas. How old were you at, at this point? I was eight. Oh, just finished school. So I was 19. Right. But that was only for five hours a day. The rest of the time I was on site. So you could do a 4.30 to 9.30 and then the rest you could spend the time on site. So you're starting to learn how to provide service, which we're going to talk about later from a very young age. Cool. Continue. Yeah. It was awesome because again, two different things, working on a job site, you don't learn to be punctual or sure. have manners or sure. have any etiquette whatsoever. Yep. And then you're on a, you know, you're learning that stuff at Qantas and then when you're on the job site, it's just the grind, right? So you get the best of both worlds. My auntie, she was a really good real estate agent. What was her I, name? Jennifer Curry. I know Jen. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. Shout out to Jen. Jen, miss you. Hope you're doing well. She's a machine. So really looked up to her growing up. She's writing some good numbers. She's a lovely lady too. Yeah, she's amazing. 
that's what really enthused me to get into the real estate industry. I was studying full-time as well. So I was, doing, I was doing a degree in economics at Sydney University, picked up law, didn't last a week. I was like, stuff this shit. I can't do I'm not made for this stuff. Picked up property economics degree, started working as a sales assistant at Ray White after Qantas. Yeah, Ray White where? Ray White Bankstown, same office I'm, I'm at at the moment. So you're working at a Ray White Bankstown with an average sale price of? 850. 850 yeah. and you're riding north of? 600. Damn, continue. But I don't want anyone to judge me off that or anything. 100%. But basically what I'm getting at was as soon as I got into the real estate world and look, our, our mentors are amazing. So they really, I don't I want to say this to disrespect anybody, sure. but they dumb everything down. Real estate isn't the most complex industry in the world. Yes. You learn the basics as long yes. as you don't complicate it too much and you do the basics well. You don't have to be the smartest cookie in the book. Yep. But as long as you know how to do the basics well, you'll be successful in this industry. So, Well, that was what Beck was saying to my <laughs> whole office. Like not yeah. a couple of hours ago, she was like, this is not easy, but this is not complicated at all. It's 100%. pretty it's pretty straightforward. 100%. So then coming from the job site into an industry where they just said to you, you do your calls in the morning, do your doors during the day, and do your calls in the afternoon. You just do that every single day for five days a week. You'll be, you'll be where you need to be. It's amazing. Okay, so how long you been there for now? So I did two years as a sales assistant. So you worked as an assistant to an agent? An agent. Yeah. Um, and then I got told I could go on on my own. I think that was the 1st of April 2019. Yep. And the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> Amazing oh, story. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention one thing. I actually had one semester left to get my degree, and it's the same day the boys told me I could go out on my own without telling my parents. I deferred my degree. It didn't tell me. just went for the kill. I was like, fuck this film and give it. I'm going to give it 100% or nothing. I'm not going half-hearted into this. So. I love that. And I still don't have a degree. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And That's... the family accept you. <laughs> yeah, they I, think, I think with the numbers he's he's putting up and the, the clients he's servicing, you know, what family? Well, that's an amazing story. Beck, give us a bit of a breakdown, a bit, bit about your history, school, why you got into real estate. Hit me. I sort of fell into real estate. I had a phone call from this guy back when I was, what, 17. I was probably a week or two out of school. Both of you making me feel old, man. Sorry. <laughs> to the 98 babies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had this phone call from this guy. He's like, oh, you've applied for a job role, like reception in, in real estate. And this is at the time where I'm living up in Redcliffe. And that was the first week. Where's that for the people who don't know? Uh, still in Brisbane, but Brisbane? just north of the river. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I had this phone call. And it was like, yeah, come in, have a chat. And this is a f- the final week that you have to accept your uni degree. And I got into paramedicine and I'm like, mm, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> so I met with this guy and don't even remember applying for the job. Took it anyways because I thought, well, stuff it. I'm really not going <laughs> to. What else am I going to do? Let, let's be real. I'm probably not going to finish the uni degree. Um, so, yeah, sort of started there and worked my way up from both reception to property management, a bit of a bit of everything really, um, and then def- transferred down to another office that we had on the south side where I am now. That team, I guess, not having the structure in that particular office allowed me to sort of get a bit of growth from all departments. So I knew a bit of admin, PM and sales. And then from there sort of worked as an assistant probably about a year and a half before moving across to becoming my own my own agent. Right. Um, but yeah, um, was selling underneath an agent, very similar like sort of field where there wasn't again a lot of structure, but in the end it was just sort of like, okay, let's just make or break and, and just learn as much as we can. I was selling underneath her. I didn't list, but right. essentially was just learning the ropes of everything else. So of, you were processing essentially. I was processing. She'd bring in yeah. the she'd bring in the lead, the listing, and then it was over to you to process. Yeah. And right. and, and who taught you that? Oh, she did. Like that okay. that agent at that time. Um I learned a lot from from her right. as to handle how to handle wires. Like that was the first time for me ever really dealing with that sort of side of things for sales. Right, right. So yeah, negotiating offers and that sort of thing. Um, and then from there, moved over to the office I'm at now when that opened three years ago. And you're 19 at that point, 20 at that point, so Yeah, about 19. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably 19 when I joined Arvi's team at Marsden. He's um, Ray White Marsden, yeah. Ray White Marsden. He's a good dude. Shout out, Arvi. Yeah, shout out, Arvi. He's a good man. <laughs> He's a top player. He's a good um, man, yeah. But yeah, he practically very similar to Josh. He was just like my mentor for, yeah. for when I started because I didn't have that listing side of things. I knew how to do everything else, throw a listing in front of me, like don't worry, I'll sell it. But it was just, yeah, really daunting for me to learn that pitch side of thing. A young female in real estate, like in a male-dominated yeah, area. I, I got to tell you, like what I love about you is that you are uh, – a boss lady, you know, like you just left the office and I had said to to my girl sitting down after you had had a, a Q&A with my whole office, 
you know, there are not many 22-year-old girls I know in this town anyway who have their shit together like you seem to have your shit together. And it's kudos to you. And I think the industry needs more of it because, you know, you go to New York, um, you, you, you go to LA because I spend a lot of time in America. The female mentality over there is, is, is so much more dominating than it is here. But I think you are, you know, an example of you don't need to have a uni degree. You need the right mentor and leadership. And in, you know, not forever, in a four year period, you can make a very successful career out of real estate. Yeah, for sure. Has it been tough being that it's male dominated? At the beginning, that probably first year of of sales was really just a bit of a shock, especially the the market that I moved into was very different to where I had been selling prior. Right. Um, So it was a lower lower value um, and just (laughs) different culture of people. So yeah, it was a bit of a shock, just very sexist comments. Like, but over time you just sort of grew with it and and learned how to, I guess, push back off of that. Yep. Um, and, and essentially earn respect. Like Love. in the end, like <laughs> in the end, at the beginning, I probably deserved the comments like, oh, she's a young female, you know, because I didn't have that confidence behind me. So right. but over time you sort of just learn to to bite your tongue and, and know when to actually speak up. Hundred yeah. percent. What built your confidence? I guess everyone gets their confidence built from always getting pushed down. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, like over time, I sort of knew exactly what I was pitching in a listing. So the question, whenever it came up, I already knew the answer. It's like, I know we're going to talk about my age, so let's just bring it up. And yeah, I think just attending to those concerns right from the get-go. Very similar to, I guess, when people are, like are pushing back on commission and stuff. It's like, yep. let's just let's just chat about it. Yep. You know, like I can see that you're worried about my age, so- What's what's the go? Just address it. It is what <laughs> yeah. it is. I love that. Yeah. Um, the one thing Evan and I had said after you had left is that um, what we we found very encouraging about you was just you're very very certain yeah. um, and confident, not arrogant, but confident. And actually, Josh, it was probably one of the things I noticed about you when you spoke on stage. We had the elite conference up in Byron. Like I heard a couple of the vets get up there and talk, and I was unimpressed with them to say the least. I mean, I, I struggle to be inspired by real estate agents. I make that pretty known. Both of you guys inspired me. When I heard you speak, I loved the fact that I could feel humility from what you were saying. You had a humble approach. You had a great manner. And I'm sitting there thinking, here comes a guy working out of the Bankstown office. He's 22 years old. And if you compare him to some of the guys in my area who are walking around, who don't do half of what you do with the attitude they have, it just perplexed the freaking hell out of me. Where does that come from? Honestly speaking, yeah, that's the culture of our office. So the most important thing that massive, massive shout out to Tony and Charlie. I like Tony. He's a good dude. My mentor's there. My second and third father, if that makes sense. (laughs) Probably go to them more than I go to my own dad, if I'm being honest, spend more time with them too. But humility is a very, very important thing. And what humility does bring it, it brings a lot of good karma your way as well. So yeah, for sure. You might always get the fair end of the stick, but that's because if you have a humble approach and you stay low key, you don't have to boast all the time about what we're doing. Ultimately, we're blessed to be in the position we're in. There is the higher God up there who's putting you in these opportunities. So as long as you don't sit there and look yourself in the mirror and think, you know, I'm the man, I put myself in this. Yes, you, 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 you had that grind, you had that work ethic, but there is someone up there who's putting you in those doors, getting you in those opportunities. As long as you stay, you're blessed and... We say it in Arabic. Tony always says it. Qatar khair Allah means thank God. <laughs> yeah. You always be at that pace. Yeah. So I, lo- I love that. And the, the culture piece is so important, isn't it? It's, it's, so such, it's such an important piece to this. And in my new office, TRG, I've got a no shit policy. Right. Like absolutely none. You know, we've had such minimal arguments about commission there's been you know it's it's just been relatively smooth but it's we've also got a very very long way to go because we're we're very new so we're working through that what do you think some of the things tony does at at your office that kind of sets that tone because i love it in terms of the culture itself yeah yeah it's just like for instance we have multiple meetings per week we catch up as a group as a whole office? As a whole office. How many so times? Twice a week. Monday. How have, big is the office? How many people? Oh, shit. There's a lot of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> as of this week, there's probably 17 sales reps Damn. in the office. So there's quite a lot of us. And Damn. Again, it's majority boys. There are a few girls who have joined, who have <laughs> I joined want the crew. more girls like yeah. Beck in the game. <laughs> well, my auntie Jen, she was like the she king was of great. office and she, she, was, she was a female. So she used to kill it. But yeah, um, yeah it, it's again, we, we catch up twice a week, right. Monday and Friday. 
it's a very, very team orientated business. So yeah. like what we're selling when we're going into listings is, is really the culture that we present, how we all help each other. Yeah. And I believe I am where I am today because of my team. My team allows me to be recession proof. I can go into any listing and have all the confidence in the world, not because I'm Joshua Nassif, I'm 22 and I'm an elite performer. That doesn't mean shit. What makes me who I am is the strength of our team. I can go into any door and I can put it on any other agent because of the strength of my team. Not because of me as an individual. Yes, I'll bring certain attributes, but my team is the most powerful thing. I see the value in my team. That's why I see value at staying where I am at Ray White at Bankstown. That's why I value my mentors so much. And I'm thankful for the team I'm in because we're not the most consistent people in the world. We might be consistent riders. We might be consistent agents, but on a daily basis, we yeah. aren't as consistent as we were, as we want to be. Correct. Having a big team, having a good culture, when you have those days that are tough, and I've gone through days recently where it's tough, it's demanding, it's, it's mentally draining. Having Tony and Charlie from like a different standpoint, just an emotional standpoint to help you. 100%. And having the team around you, everyone's pushing you. Do you need anything? Are you sure? Like, it's a That's very, it's like a brotherhood. That's good. So. You're, you're speaking music to my ears. Like the, the, the one thing I've been trying to build in my office is that, you know, Tony's a little bit more experienced. I think he's 30 years plus as a business owner. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a year and a half. So I got some work to do, but I always preach this idea of, you know, the team having to work together and that, you know, we're competing essentially for this championship and you see it even in the NBA. And I use the comparison to, to sports all the time. You can have like a LeBron James in the Lakers team two, three years ago. They didn't even make the playoffs. That's right. Versus you can have LeBron James put AD there, get Andre Drummond, get everyone to work in unison and they win the chip. I think you can apply the same principles to real estate. The problem is in my area and from a lot of the people that I see, the guys don't do it. Do your guys ever have internal debates or arguments over comm or stealing listings or does that ever come up? So our office is probably one of the most process-driven offices you'll ever come across in your entire life. You can't pick up a piece of paper and not know where that piece of paper is going to or who's responsible for taking that piece of paper. So when it comes to comm, there are many, many processes we have in our office. So if right. you're going out to see somebody, yep. it's it's pretty much, you'll know about it from the get-go. If someone else is speaking to them, there's certain processes like a minimum time period in which you can speak to somebody who owns a relationship, so on and so forth. Dual contact alerts set out as soon as you sent that to the admin team. And like men, you have to sort it out and everyone CC'd in the same email. But you get on a phone call, you, you do the manly thing about it. If you've got to co-list it, you're co-listed. If you don't and you can prove a relationship there, then so be it. What constitutes a relationship? Because to me, a phone call or an appraisal doesn't constitute a relationship. Okay. That's right, a, that's Beck, a, right or I, wrong? I totally agree. If if they are calling out someone else, you've yeah. done something wrong. That's true. So how the, do you manage that? So there's a way. There's not a process the, for that. It's <laughs> difficult. It's difficult. But at the same time, for instance, you can't have your ego involved. And people always say this, it's not about money, but the truth is it is about the money. So Is that, it though? Is it about the money for you? No, it's not. When it comes Bet, to that, when is it, it about the money for you? No, I just like winning. When it comes to that <laughs> point though, you've got to really put yourself in that person's situation. So if someone from your team is calling you because you've gone out to appraise a property that, again, I don't want to get too complicated in it. What I'm getting at is we will be able to identify whether or not two people are involved in the same person and we'll come to a common grounds. Mm -hmm. um, you just give each other peace, explain your part and it usually get solved. We haven't had an issue that hasn't lasted longer than a couple of hours. I'm the same in my office. Yeah. Honestly, but it wasn't like that from where I came from. And I know from the stories I hear, it's not like that elsewhere. Mm. You can't sweat the small stuff. If you want to kind of make issues over details that are insignificant, 100%. that shit will slow you down. 100%. And at the end of the day, we want to move at a pace. All high performers here, you can understand, we want to go as fast as possible. And it's better it stays in the team than out of the team. Do you 100%. get what I mean? So as long as it's going to somebody in the team, that's what it's about. I think I need to come over to your office, chat to Tony, have a look at these processes, take, you know, what I like, implement some shit and level up. Beck, what about you? Culture-wise as well, Avi, you know, I've only met him a couple of times, but you know, being able to produce a practitioner like yourself um, and hearing you speak the way you do about him, how important is that? What does he do that you notice and how do you handle kind of commission disputes or arguments with other agents in the office? Good question. Avi has always been from the get-go, whoever we are hiring, it's a joint discussion, which I love because, wow. yeah, it, it sort of has been, we'll come to the table, he'll go, I'm chatting to this person, how do you all feel about it? And they could be a really high performer, but a terrible person. And if everyone's standing there going, nah, then he's on board. He's like, okay, cool. Because in the end, we built. he built a culture from the get-go. Like we were a small team when we started, but right. he knew and had confidence in us that we all gelled. 
and we've always been pretty stern and, and open. Like if if I, for example, had doubts about someone, I'd let him know. Um, yeah. And he'd do vice versa. If I had someone on my team, he would just sort of like that we were doubtful of, he would just be open about it and just say, hey, caution like of this. So, Is there a minimum yeah. vote? Like, you know, there's, let's say there's five of you and four say yes, one says no. Can uh, we, we will chat it out. Um, right. And there's really only been probably one or two over the few years that we've, we've said had no to, to. That we've, yeah, like had to go, okay, it's probably not worth it. It's too too much of a risk. Let's just wait it out and see if anything anything changes. Yeah, he's built that culture from, from the beginning and we are a very – like we'll all hang out as if we we're friends, like outside, but we all know where to draw that line where it's like, okay, this is business. Take your personal relationships or feelings aside from that particular person because we can get burned from other agents. Like, sure. and it's just, it's like, let, let's be realistic here. Are they going to help the team? Yes or no? If it's a yes, fantastic. Let's, let's move work. forward. Let's, let's work. Yep. 100%. Yep. That's a good point. And internal issues that you do, do they come up? Because they always, to a degree, will, will come up. Earlier on, I felt like there probably were because of the processes we had at our previous agency where everyone owned a buyer, you know, or everyone had this and and, and coming here, it was like- Talk about owning a buyer because that's <laughs> bullshit. I know. There is, there, is, there is so much of this, I call it old school real estate, mm. old school real estate agent bullshit 101. Yeah. It's this like attitude of, I own this buyer, I own this relationship and I'm a self-entitled individual. Do you get, do, does that, I mean, new offers, kind of older, do, do you come across any of that at all? We did at the beginning um, and Arby put his foot down from the get-go. If you did not physically show that buyer through and have had continual relationships with that and brought the offer to the table, how dare you ask for a, a check, yeah. you know? So, if you and, don't put in work, yeah. this is what I understand. If you don't add the value, why do you have the expectation? Mm. That's always been my yep. fucking golden rule. From mm. the beginning, from when I was your age, my, my, my thing was always if you put in the work, if you add the value, have that, you know, level of I deserve this shit. Mm. But don't have that expectation if you don't put in the work. The work, yeah. I'm laughing because we <laughs> had this discussion just the other mm. day. Issues such as buyers or commissions and all that stuff, we have them openly in our open forums sure. on Mondays and Fridays. So sure. I'm giggling because we literally, last Friday coming <laughs> off the back of it, we just had that conversation as a team. And similar to your sort of office culture where everyone has, puts their hand up, has a go. Has an opinion. Has an opinion mm. and will come to common grounds. And the good thing about our office is not everyone could share the same opinion. But for instance, you might have your own rule. For instance, Gaff, let's say we worked in the same office. Yeah. I'm busy on a Saturday at 11 o'clock because I have an auction. Right. I have another open home at 11 o'clock. You're right. a fully fledged sales agent. Right. You've got nothing on at 11 o'clock, but yep. you could be prospecting. So you're helping me at 11. Right. A buyer comes through my open home. Is that your buyer? Fuck no. Well, again, some people might argue that point. So depending on yeah. the listing agent, you've before asking that person to come do my open home, yeah. you've got to say, hey, Gav, just so you know, if you're going to help me do my open home at 11 o'clock, don't fucking claim on me. 100%. Yeah. You're right. If a buyer conversion comes in, Fair income, I'm happy to chuck you 20%. Yeah, you have these conversations right. in mm. advance. And I guess this was something that we never did before, but I guess having that culture in the office where, again- Just nut it out. Pre-frame the expectations. Exactly. It's absolutely If you key. have those conversations yep. in advance, and they are hard conversations to have, again, we just brought it up as a team because there was no- Coming from such a process-driven office, you would have thought there was a process behind that, but it was a bit of a confused process because you're mixing a lot of gray in process yep. and mm. ethics at the same time. So you don't know which way to go about it. But not everyone's going to have the same view. If yeah. you have, if you have a way in your head that you want it to be, bring it up to the person you're asking help for. Yep. And then from day dot, you've drawn the line. And you you yeah. avoid that conflict. I think that's a, a very important point. You know, we usually talk about that before, like a private buyer introduction. I have this rule I need in writing that you've pre-negotiated a split should that person buy if it's a co, you know, joint listing. The, the reason I responded so, so quickly to what you just said then was because the sort of individual I am, I reward for value not for process because I think anyone can run a process. So I'll give you an example. I got a young guy who works with me. He's been six months in the game. His name's Matt Kemeny. Boy's a beast. Like this kid is going to be special in terms of what he's done in such a short period of time and his natural ability to not only push when it's time to push, but to follow up and to be liked is unlike something I've seen. So super excited about his future. You know, he had seen because he's got access to my calendar that I was showing a home off market. He's six months in the game. It's a $7 million house, right? 
he's like, I see you're showing that particular property for. I'm like, I am. He's like, can I show a buy through? I'm like, shit. I'm like, of course you can show. <laughs> I'm like, of course you can show a buy through. Tack them along to the other inspection. Long story short, both of the buyers who went through liked it. 48 hours later, did the deal. Now, it wasn't part of his contract for me to remunerate him on that deal. Mm. On that deal. But I was like, here's 10K. I want you to do that shit always. Because he deserved it. Because he added the value. 100%. He didn't process. To me, and there are opinions on this, right? To me, someone who just goes to open the door, which is, let's face it, what society think most real estate agents do. Yeah. We all know that's bullshit. I agree with society on that point. If all you're going to do is open the door, you don't deserve to, to get paid a commission. Mm. So I've got this big view on, and I say it to my team all the time and have done since day one, if you want to be one of the greats or you want me to remunerate you accordingly, add the value. Don't just run the process because anyone can order take. You know? you know, I think that's really important. Your mentors, your mentors, how high are their standards and expectations of you? That's a good question. The funny thing about Tony is he'll make you set your own standards so that way you hold yourself accountable. Right, so I gotta get he, that boy. He, he won't sit there and say to you, <laughs> "He's a man. Okay, He's this not is a what you, this is what you need to do. This is how many appraisals you need to do. One, two, and three. He'll say, "How many do you think you can do? Or how many would you hope to do?" Right, and then you have a monthly review, and you hold yourself accountable. So mm. it's that sense of accountability. Um, like I've just put somebody on and first team member, first team member, amazing, and mate, he's an absolute machine. Yeah, like he's how old? Twenty one, twenty two. Right, um, man, machine. You tell him to do ten doors, he comes back done twenty. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I love because I used to do the same thing. And again, there might there might be a gray area about where he can't be reimbursed for that, whatever it is. But if I see the value in it, you're going to sort him out. Hundred percent. It's it's seeing something like that. It's I'm passionate about what I do. So if I see someone work like that, I'm compassionate. I want to look after him. I want to make sure, you know, whatever it is that I think he needs, or you know, if I if I want to buy him lunch every single day, I'll buy him lunch every single day for sure because I think he deserves it. Do you 100%. get what I mean? This this is interesting. I mean, let's talk a hypothetical for a second. Let's say you worked at Ray White TRG, right. and I was holding you accountable. My standards and expectations, people know who work with me, you know, I can be very, very fun to work with, but they're fucking high. Mm. I set them very high. But what, what I am noticing is everyone, you know, is different. Everyone is an individual and that will not work with some people. And so starting the office, I've had to change that with certain individuals. If high standards and expectations were kind of bestowed, let's say, on you, do you think you would perform as well as you do today or do you think it would have the opposite effect? It depends on the person. I'm the type of person, if you set an expectation on me, I'm going to do whatever I can to oh, grab that's that. What like, so, that's what I'm like. That's what I'm like. I'm the different, like it's it's just, you might ask me what's what's the most encouraging thing about real estate. When I met my father-in-law for the first time and I-, I You married? No, not yet. I'll be married soon. Oh, man, amazing. But How exciting. I just call him my father-in-law, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's simpler. Yeah. And I introduced myself and he's like, oh, what do you do for work? I'm like, I'm a real estate agent. Oh, he wouldn't have liked you. When I started real estate, I started in what, 2018. That's a shit year. We all know that to be a shit year, right? And he looked at me and he goes, you're going to have to find a second job. And that was probably the most motivating thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. I was like, every single day, I'm t look at me now. Like, I'm, I am where most agents would want to be yep. and that that thing that he said to me that that sentence in my is still stuck in my head that to this sets day you off. so like and and i've had those moments i mean those moments are so integral aren't they 100%. i've had i've had many many of those and moments. i just want to peek in there he didn't say it with the wrong intentions no. do you know what i mean it was probably a very very motivating thing but i remember that day to be one of the most motivating moments of my life well that's high standards that's high expectations 100%. he's a dentist so like <laughs> looking at a real estate agent like yeah you would have been shunned yeah um <laughs> But but I love that, and that's that's just what I I like to always study and 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 understand. Like because obviously that's my style and approach. These are the standards. These are the expectations. I find when I have a client that I'm working with or alongside who has high standards and expectations, it gets the best out of me. Like pressure is something I am naturally attracted to. I don't know why. Because at the time it's like, but I fucking love it, and I can't do much good. But damn, I can do pressure good. Mm. You. High expectations, do people press you? Do they push you or are you just kind of self-motivated? I am very self-motivated, but as a team, we will set goals, but it's probably very similar to you. So we will discuss it and make sure it's, you know, something that's actually achievable or, yeah. you know, just out of reach, but, yeah. you know, pushing you to to do further. But I am very, when I started in sales, it was 
me mentally, if you gave me a number and was like, you need to go and write this, it would stress me the hell out. Yeah, like right. I, I, would, I just would not know. I don't want to do that. Interesting. <laughs> if you just said, oh, oh, you know, better yourself, that would be a better tactic right. for me. And that's essentially what I did. It was like, okay, just do not fail. Yeah. And to me, doing 25 deals in the first year or whatever it was that we did was failing. So I was like, that's that was that turning point. It's like, okay, you're either going to make a break. This is year two. Yep. Clean slate. Do better than that. We wanted to make premiere, which is like half of what we do now. Right. And we got there. And when we got there, it was only February. And it was like, oh, okay. Shit, we could actually almost- This is our goal for the year and we did it. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. And then we made um, made Elite that same year. So we just like doubled everything within a few months. But Tell me, did you ever think about quitting? Hell yeah. (laughs) Did you? Are people like take his word, take his word for it? I probably called him about twelve times minimum, like bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Year one and two, year yeah, year one and two was probably the most mentally challenging things for me because it was like I just don't see the results yet. I don't see the results yet. Yep. And then that February year, that February hit where we hit prem, and it was like finally. And then it just bulldozed, man. It was it was like within a few months, and I'm like, okay, I'm finally enjoying it now. Yeah, now, now it's <laughs> yeah. flowing. Now I enjoy now it. Now it's cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you ever nearly quit? I've got to thank my mentors for this, but I think because I was held off going out on my own. For instance, I didn't jump the gun and say, well, even though I wanted to, deep right. down I used to do Charlie's head in every. <laughs> Charlie every week. is Tony and Charlie, Charlie and Tony are the two owners of the business. Got you. Yeah. Right? So I used to do their heads in. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You want to go out on your own? I want to go out on my own. This was like- Go get it, man. You're a winner. This was in the- So after I did my first year, after six months, I was saying that. But they knew and because I believed in them solely and I knew they had my best interests at heart. Yeah. He, Tony and Charlie knew when, when I was ready. So they sure. knew I could list and stuck. They knew I could do all of that. Because I had that sweet spot where I was in there for two years, I built relationships. By the time I was ready to go out, I was ready to go out six months, 12 months before I actually went out. So once I was actually out there, it was like I was a fucking raging bull ready to go <laughs> like out. Like a horse ready to get let like out of the gates. I was gates. so confident. I never, I never, um, and again, this is not coming from a place of arrogance or anything They're like different. that. They're different. Co- confidence and arrogance are different. I've been battling this, this, this fine line, you know, my entire career. And so you got to understand that. But all I'm getting from you is confidence and zero arrogance. So you just keep rolling. So um, <laughs> as soon as I went out, that's it. I was, I backed myself. And again, it's, uh, this comes back to the team. Yep. You fake it till you make it. If you use the strength of your team, I knew how to get myself into doors. That's what real estate mm-hmm. is one-on-one. As, as soon as you know how to get yourself into a door, mm-hmm. get the listing, it's going to sell itself. How'd you get into the doors? Door knocking and phone calls. So yeah. as long as you did door knocking and phone calls and you stayed consistent on that, the only reason you'd want to fail- How many a day for how long? Like oh, run me, run me through a typical day. So I would not leave the office yeah. until I had at least, as a sales assistant, at least genuinely, I found three sellers, two or three sellers. Like I'd get appraisals. A day. Yeah. A day. I'd get appraisals. Don't worry about how many appraisals we get, but we want to find genuinely (laughs) two to three sellers that will potentially sell within the next two years. Those numbers are bullshit to me. Like X amount of appraisals, X amount of calls. Like how many people who are hot- It will be different every day. Exactly. There'll be be days where I've knocked on a hundred doors and got jack shit, but the next day I probably only had about 30 minutes to knock on doors, but- fuck, I knocked on one side of the street <laughs> and I got like five sellers. Mm. And that's just good karma, right? Because you're staying consistent. Mm. You stay consistent and that's what I'm saying to the guy who's working with me now. Don't be shitty at yourself if you you had a shit day, man. That's what real estate's that's about. What it's about. Mm. You stay consistent, yeah. good karma. You're going to get good karma. It's going to come your way. So I knew as long as I focused on the process and the process is you come to work, you door knock, you phone call, you'll yep. be successful. You do those things. Listing and selling is fucking easy. Just just prospect, right? <laughs> That's the fun stuff. Exactly. Did, those, did that for two years. Did it enough to the point where I had a strong pipeline and I knew how to pick up opportunistic stock and I was a raging bull. It's and so that's it's- because of my mentor. So it comes back to having that sweet spot. I wasn't rushed out on my own, even though I could have been ready. You felt you built a foundation. 100%. Yeah. So we had the foundation there. We had the strength of the team. So I'm going into a listing presentation. Our team has market share in almost every single suburb in Bankstown Council. Yep, yep. Ride that wave that your team has created. Fake it till you make it because of your team. So I use this, my team to my advantage. Keep those prospecting skills up and bang. That's, that to me is a formula. Like if you do it, you can't fail. That's To me, what you just said is one plus one equals two. So my question is, why do most of the industry not do it? Why do you think, Beck? 
Because they say they do it and they don't. Why though? Why? <laughs> That's true. Because they don't have self-accountability or they don't have the mentorship to actually assist in doing the little nitty-gritty stuff of, of better, um, I guess, listing pitches and, and things like that. So like for us, we learned what well, I learned pretty early on in my area. I was not going to door knock. Mm. It's probably something I shouldn't say, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to be honest. I worked out a different tactic. It was like letterbox shops. Okay, so hone in on that. You know, right. you'd come to work and do door knocks and calls. You find you, whatever yeah. works. Yeah. 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 And that's it. But in the end, it's staying consistent. And for the vast majority of agents, they're just lazy. Yeah. Or I, I swear they're like they're so delusional that they're doing better than what they are. And I think it's it's always it should always that's be a reality check. That's ninety percent of the industry. It's true. Yeah. I, look, yeah. I, I don't want to back anybody up. I know mm. people who have the grit. And mm. that's why I'm very thankful for my team because, sure. look, I'm one of those – I think all three of us have that grit, but what helped, allowed me to catapult myself was also my team. So mm. having that grittiness and then having the strength of my team going into a listing presentation. Yeah, leverage. I'm sure there's, leverage. Look, I'm sure there's people, you know, listening into this podcast who have that grit but not might not be with the best team. Mm. And that's why I'm very, very thankful I came from a strong team. Don't think I'm saying go leave to another better team or anything <laughs> like that. But if you, if you know where you, where you want to be and you're comfortable where you are – Focus on that grit and you'll get to where you want to be. Leverage. Leverage is a word that I always use. You know, part of when I was when I was starting out and in the same position as you were as an assistant, I leveraged off the principle at the time. And so similar to when you started, mm. I didn't know how to list. I didn't know how to sell, but I had the grit. So I was just an animal on the phones. And, you know, I could build these relationships because I would frequently nurture these people to the point of them wanting to sell. And when I got to that point, I was like, I don't want to miss this opportunity. So I'm going to leverage off mm. my team, which is what you're saying. And then for, you know, one to two years did that, built up the confidence. And then from there, we, you know, we started to roll. But I'm noticing correlations between the two of you, although you're different. First and foremost, work ethic is second to none, right? You do long days. You do early mornings. Second off, mentors is a huge, huge piece, which I knew it's always been in, in my life and in my world. And the third point is leverage. Mm. Plus find what you're good at in terms of prospecting. For you, it was knocking on doors, making calls. For you, it was letterbox drops, direct mail, and get consistent at that shit. Mm. Why are most real estate agents consistent with being inconsistent? Why? I think a lot of people get comfortable in not having to have that hard conversation. They yeah. don't want to have that hard conversation. They don't want to be told to piss off when they knock on someone's door. Yeah, rejection, you know? fear yeah, of rejection. Yeah, rejection. That's yeah. 100% it. So they'll say to someone that they're doing it because they might still pick up pieces of data here or there or a listing here or there and they're comfortable. They can they get complacent and it's just easier for them to write That's small true. numbers and, you know. I'll tell you what as well. Actually, Tony taught me this because when uh, when we started getting <laughs> when we started getting like deals and done whatever listings, Obviously, the more listings you have, you start spending a lot more time servicing those listings. Sure. So what I found was I had to come to a point in my career where I had to re, like, completely reorganize my priorities. Mm. Time management. Time management completely. I was like thinking to myself, oh, I can't go door knocking today because I've got to do these callbacks. Mm. Or, and Tony, if Tony's watching this, one day I had to change my girlfriend's flat tire. <laughs> and, and Tony goes... He literally wrote everything up on a board for me and he goes, structure, I'm going to ask you first, what are your priorities? And then I'm going to tell you what your priorities should be. And literally my girlfriend, changing my girlfriend's tire was one of those priorities up there. And he goes, you think that's an 11? Are you married to her? He goes, I go, no. He goes, well, that's a fucking dad's priority. <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this boy <laughs> because she knows. She knows okay, okay, okay. RACQ's on the way. <laughs> I'm getting into the fine detail, right? But basically that's where I'm getting at. Sometimes some agents get so caught up, even though they might not have the most listings in the world, yeah, they feel as though a certain task is a priority on top of another. So mm. they'll use that to distract themselves, say, okay, you know what? I've got to spend two hours doing this follow-up report rather mm. than spending that two hours Actually more. doing it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, from the beginning, I have always, always said two aspects to ensure you play at an elite level. How you manage your time, how you manage your energy. If you can master those two on top of the points that we just made, again, it's a formula and you will, you will succeed. And I don't mm -hmm. talk about this to say I'm fancy in any way, shape or form, but you know, in terms of my structure and team and how it's set up, you've got someone who drives me around on inspection days because I've got a lot going on. I want to be more productive. You've got a guy who comes to my house at 7 a.m. to cut my hair, trim my beard because that takes up a lot of time during the week. You've got a guy who comes to my house at 5 a.m. to wash my car. You've got 
a woman who cooks for me drops off food on a Monday. You've got, and this is only if you don't want to get too into it because I'm going to get judged majorly, (laughs) but you've got all these structures set in place from a personal level to a business level to ensure that not only my time is only being spent on my vendors and selling their properties and focusing on that. That's a very good point though. Very, very important. How many real estate agents do you know who get their hair cut during work hours? (laughs) Everyone. 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 I don't understand I can never wrap my mind around that. I don't understand that. My seven o'clock haircut is tattooed in my barber's diary on a Friday morning. (laughs) But it's a thing. I got mine done like once a 12 months. There you go. (laughs) And if anyone, you should be spending more time doing your hair than we do. So I think everyone should take note of that. And people don't realize they're like, it's just a little, but here's the thing. You go out, you park, you get a cut, then you got hair on you. You're probably going to have to wash it off. You add that up over a period of time. That's hours I would rather be spending listing and selling. Mm. That's just me. Like that, that I'm, I'm fearful that maybe a vendor might see me in the chair. Like, <laughs> imagine What are you doing? Why are you not listing and selling? Look, it. I, I, it depends on how much pressure you put on yourself. But I'm one of those guys, if, if I hire a real estate agent and it's midday and I see him cutting his, oh, his hair. Oh, what the fuck's he doing? And this guy's asking for 2.2%. I'm yeah. the same. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. Fact. Yep. Can I touch on um, knowing when to grow a team is a big deal, right. I think, for a lot of agents as well. Yep. Um, it was probably something I struggled with and Arby had to really push me out the door on is when you are struggling with your time management and you can be honest with yourself in saying, I physically can no longer do the tasks that I need to do in order to continue this momentum. That's when you need to actually bite the bullet and probably spend that money on getting someone on to help with your team. Because I think we, we see that dip and that that high and low of, of real estate careers over the years where they write 300, they drop, they write 300, they yeah, drop. They write you know, it's inconsistent. And it's mainly because they're too scared to put someone on. We're very blessed that we have those people around us at our age, especially in such a short period of time. It's important. Age is nothing. Age is nothing in this business. Of course. Nothing. And if there's there's like a testament to that, I was that. I did a video, um, a property video the other day, actually. I saw uh, it. I don't think I'm sorry, but I should tell him. It was like a really nice house, like one of the nicest houses I've sold. And I'm like, welcome to one of the finest homes in the finest locations. This is 49 Bowden Boulevard, Double Bay. I'm like, sorry, you're going to. Love that. Oh, uh, what was it worth? It was worth about 1.4 million. <laughs> All right, but your average is eight, so that's yeah, it's pretty serious. So money on 398 square meters. Yeah, it's mm. pretty good. A couple of final questions, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. Ray White is a brand. You're both proud of it. You, 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 you're, you're involved in the conferences. How much of a because this is a raging poster for Ray White. Hearing two young individuals who have achieved what you guys have and just your general attitude and mentality. Does it make a difference to you in terms of when, when you're out in the marketplace? Does it add value to, to you? It's always a conversation. It, it does. It does. It's, yeah. it's probably one of the most encouraging things. Having you know those award nights, they're all very, very powerful things. And the most powerful. You, you sent me a message about coming to this thing and I'm like, Tia, man, you, you, you mentioned words like you inspired. I'm like, Gav, you you're telling me that I inspired you. <laughs> you did. You did. I'm like, bro, scroll up. Yeah. Look, look what I sent you in 2018, like my first awards night. I saw that. Seeing you up there was like a really, really encouraging thing. So the awards night is like a champ. That's motivated me for years. 100%. That's been such a play. 100%. And having your having your team, like I haven't, we're fortunate for us, we, neither of us had a, have had an awards night in person where we've actually won the elite award, but mm. I'll give you a simple- Because of COVID. Yeah, because COVID. of COVID. So simple, give you an insight. Just being with my team, my Bankstown office at our local RSL, and when they caught out my name, seeing my team like clap and cheer for me was just that. like the most heart, one of the most heartwarming things that's ever happened. Just seeing how proud my like my my work family are of me is um, mm. like a really cool thing. So. It's like it's like a recognition of the 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 hard work and the sacrifice that you give for the year. It's the same concept. It's your one night off, hundred percent. But yeah. there is a lot of value that Ray White do add. So I did mm. this Pathways program where you I heard about that was mm. great. And they, they helped me so much. But with that being said, I'm very, very blessed. Well, I have the mentors. I have Tony spent so many years in corporate and helped, you know, the Ray White team itself. So I get that, ex- that, that I guess, that insight firsthand on a daily basis. Yeah. And then you also have the guys at corporate who, who do a lot of, you know, these conferences and these catch-ups and they give you that individual treatment and you feel like you just – sometimes you think, oh, I'm just a, an agent, you know, from Brisbane or from Bankstown and you don't think – the guys high up are going to really think about helping you. And mm. in this industry, if you work hard and working for Ray White, they won't make note of that. They'll make you feel important 100%. and they'll help you get to the next level. So I think that's a really, really cool thing about Ray White. 
coming. I want, I want to get a recruitment job now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Beck? Does it add value with I you guys? Was, I was going to say coming. Honestly, because it's, it's, it's a question that gets, I mean, everyone always out there was like, why did you keep, why did you not? I don't know if you yeah. guys get it as much. We hear it a lot now, but coming from an agency outside of Ray White to, to now, it was like reality check. Like, damn, we thought we had a good there. But you have so many, so many pathways to go down. You just actually need to get up and access it. Like we deal with resources. You've got so many resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just be proactive. Like the guys from corporate, you reach out to any of them, they'll put you on someone. Yeah. But you've got to actually do that. And and as soon as you are, like you're you're in the group. Like they're going to keep you. There's so many training modules. I know with COVID, like that's had to change. But even still, like our auctioneer comes out once a week. We're very heavy auction team like and he trains us on on how to deal with like different different issues like he'll run through our stock management board like who has that outside yeah, of a group exactly um during covid we had all those those data analysis yeah, like flooding the market like that, yeah, now yeah. we have ray white now that thing like, was amazing during covid that ray that, white now report was he, one of the most powerful things mm. dan white's a beast man he's a beast like no they're other. so proactive and there's probably a reason as to why they've done so well i want to ask you a question please do you asked us that question but you've been in the industry for how many years now 13. At the top of the industry for 13 years. On the way to the top. <laughs> How does Ray White add value to what you do 13 years later? I think it's um, first and foremost relationships. I've obviously developed a really good relationship with the Whites. I started with them. You know what I mean? So there's definitely that sentimental piece to it for me. You think about Kobe Bryant started with the LA Lakers, he finished with the LA Lakers. Culture. Com- compare him to a couple of the others who hop around and they jump around. Like the loyalty. First and mm-hmm. foremost, to me, loyalty is everything. Number one. That is first. Everything else follows suit. So that's that's a piece of it. The second part is I always say super agent is better with a super brand than on his own. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. this this team thing you talk about. And then the the third point is is to actually provide a platform for my team to grow and go along the same journey I went on. Mm. So my journey's far from over. I actually feel I'm just as cliche as it sounds warming up. But, you know, in the early days, what really fucking drove me were the awards. What really still drives me are the awards. That's my championship. I compete for that every fucking year, right? Mm. And, you know, I can call a homeowner and say, I'm Gavin Rubenstein in the area I sell in, and it's likely she's going to know or have heard that name but more people would have heard the name Ray White than Gavin Rubenstein. And so it puts them in a position to leverage, Mm. even though I don't need it, they need it. And it also enables them to go along that journey that I went on. So it's a couple of reasons. I still see value in it 100%. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be with them. Mm. 100%. Guys, I want to wrap up on this. Any regrets? And if you could tell yourself one thing when you started in the industry, what would it be? Keep going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I no. think I put on 15 kilos in that first year. It was fucking terrible. I was going to say, mine would have had to have been set aside a little bit more me time so you don't oh. burn out so early on. Right. Did you burn out? I almost did. Yeah, I probably had burnouts at like points in time so right. I had to just step back and go, is this actually what I want to do? Yeah. That so, is a very, very good point, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, whoever's listening to this. <laughs> That is the most important thing. Find a hobby, find something that you love. You need to separate some time. Unfortunately, I did not have that. You need to separate time if you're all in like you. Yeah, yeah. Don't. I don't want people listening to this (laughs) who are are most of the industry who are like, we're going to work a couple of days a week, we're going to take off a few days, we're going to pretend we're working all day, we're being productive one hour of the day. No, no, no. It's what I always say. It's for obsessed people. If you go at that pace, you've got to balance it. And it's what I said Mm. before, time management, that's your energy management. Yeah. We get eaten every single day. Our patience threshold, you know, our tolerance threshold, everything gets eaten away every single day. If you don't take time to refresh and replenish, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. What about you? Is it really the gym thing? It really was the gym. <laughs> Again, having that that me time, we're, we're people who are obsessed with what we do. Right. So we don't know when to stop. Mm. And it still happens. Like just last night, I was in the office till 11 o'clock. But that's because I don't know sometimes when to stop or when's enough. <laughs> so I you, love this you, guy. <laughs> you need to find, a, again, I have my partner so she can help me. She can say, oh, Josh, look, let's go to dinner. Just sure. Stop working yeah. for the night. Do you sure, know what I mean? Sure, but sure. you need to have that balance. And I'm thankful for my mentors because they always remind me like, Josh, man, s- settle down a bit. 
you know, just take, take it easy. Take it easy. But yeah, yeah. you do need to find something, like Beck said, mm-hmm. you need to find something that if you are obsessed, and this is for the people who are obsessed, <laughs> who are genuinely giving more than what is and, necessary. And it's okay if you're not. It's horses yeah, for courses, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. But you need to find some level ground because I'm still trying to, f- and I haven't what found it. What is your it. level ground? When do you, found, do you, so you don't it. turn off? You I haven't switch found off? it yet. I haven't found it yet. Um, I think, got, that's I think, important. I think after it. I've built my team, so right now I'm getting my first person on, Right. I mm. think once I've taught young JP the ropes and that can give me some time, Just a couple back. of hours to myself. But right now- I'm going to hold myself accountable and say I, I haven't found that level ground yet. Yeah. I'm still 100 miles an hour. I'm getting there. I know what I need to do and I know I'm going to get there, but there's just a few things I need to teach other people how to do so that way I can take can rest step. easy. Yeah. You're 22, man, 23. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, you can go at this pace. 100%. But, but so you're gonna, no excuses. You're going to get, get to a point, point where, where you've got to be like, I've got to balance this some way, somehow. Okay, last mm. one I'm going to finish off now, I promise. Are we going to see you collect a number one Ray White award in the near future. 100%. I'm not backing down. <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, we, we heard it here first on thinking outside the the box. It's box, not square. It's box. Um, I always fuck that up. How long? Look, I don't like to put a limit on anything, no, but I think the next step, I do want to hit chairman. Once I hit chairman, hopefully I want to just get number one in the Metro and then start focusing on building a team, devoting my energy into young people like myself and teaching them what my mentors taught me. But I, I do want my mentors to be around those people as well. So, yeah, I think I'm not going to put a timeline on it. But <laughs> you're going to get everything smart, portion, but smart. I will get it. I think within the next within the next two to three years. That's a time limit. Watch out. Don't, <laughs> don't put it. I just look forward to seeing and watching that journey. What yeah. about you? Are you going for number one Queensland? Is that the agenda? Is that what motivates? That's probably not my agenda. I'm really enjoying like the last 12 months I've been growing that team and, and seeing people, I guess, grow out and become their own agents. And that's something that I've been really like passionate and, and excited with doing. So we've got hopefully a new office opening very, very soon that'll be a part of to hopefully, yeah, continue training everyone. And in the meantime, it'll it'll help me with mine. But um yeah, just just seeing people like I guess be the next me in a way. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Like pushing people to their limits is, is something that excites me. And showing people what they're capable of, even that's though they it, might not sure. think they are, but yeah. Hundred percent. Guys, what a damn pleasure, huh? <laughs> You're gonna get a round of applause with a little special effect. Did you have one of those? Yes. Thank you very much for your time. Thank Thank you. you. All the best. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.